Episode 74, The Rant. Dave Williams, former basketball standout, Washington general, and underground basketball official extraordinaire. I've done so many games with Dave, and surely I'll be doing more in the future. In this pod, we discuss his come up playing in New York City, his time as a Washington general, and how officiating has given him the ability to have more than one car. All that and more, my conversation with Dave, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Knee Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires too. Enter Knee Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5 too. Listeners of The Rant can visit NeatTucks.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, with a special guest, one of my main guys, Board 119 certified former pro basketball uh, player, Dave Williams. What's up, man? How you making that, Ralph? Good, man. So, I met this man in the Chitlin Circuit, SABL, South Asian Basketball League, say about two years ago. Uh, we also did something in Queens, and I just kept seeing him around, around all over the place, refing everywhere, the playground, three-on-three, uh, any type of configuration, but welcome to the show. Thank you, Ray. So... Let's start all the way in the beginning. What was your relationship with sports growing up? What did you play in high school? Did you play in college? Oh, I, I played in my mind at first because, you know, I was a, a young athlete. Didn't even know I was going to be an athlete. Um, when I was in public school, I started playing basketball with the kickball. And, you know, the kickball, you can palm very easy. So once I got the, the feel of the ball in my hand, I was able to do what I wanted to do with a, with a kickball, basketball ball basketball became quite easy for me, so that's where it all started. PS 127 to be exact, uh, in Queens. Where in Queens? <laughs> East Elmhurst. Yeah. That was my first place of residence, so that's where it all started at. Watching all the St. John's alumni grow up and playing in the park right there was just an <clears throat> indication of the route that I was going. Um, and where did you what did you do in high school? Did you play uh, at a high level? Did you? Uh... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't, actually, you know what? My school was so intertwined with basketball. It was like a factory, like it was a, a Catholic school, but it was a public school. So when I was in the ninth and tenth grade, it was even hard for me to make the team. That's how much talent was there. So I didn't make the team until the eleventh, eleventh grade. Uh, you know, 
I became a, a fan favorite. Uh, I was a starter as a senior last year. So that that fit well with me going moving forward. You know. <clears throat> uh, I got a lot of uh, op op opportunities to move forward to like a bigger schools, but that was way out of state. Uh, basically, when I met Young, you know, back in the day, that was that was called homesick. I felt it was really too far away from where I was living. <clears throat> so I wound up going to. Uh, a JUCO college right in my neighborhood. That was the, the vice versa of leaving and staying. So I went to Queensboro Community College and was the player of the year there for my first year. And then after that, it became uh, more like, you know, just it got bored to me after a while. So mm. I moved forward and I started working on a real job and whatnot. So but staying around the game a lot, well, well, kept me kept me focused. Whereas if I, I I needed more 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 basketball in my life, so I started playing basketball for Paragon Dykeman from uptown. And I was like the like the 12th or 13th man on the team each year. But that was all pro basketball players. I was on my team for four years before I got the job playing with against the Harlem Globetrotters as a Washington General. <clears throat> that was that was pretty cool. That was like a blessing for me because I always wanted to get a, make make this a job out of it. You know what I'm saying? I finally got the opportunity to make a job. When it came to the Washington Generals, um, did you practice with the Harlem Globetrotters? And since it was more of an entertainment situation, how did you um, segue that into uh, being able to have that type of chemistry with the Washington Generals as well as playing against the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, it, it was fun. It was fun in the beginning. Because you know, you know, we know it's all about family entertainment. It's all about the kids. And when you get involved with something like that, you just want to have fun. Basically, you know, it wasn't just hand given to me because you know I had to earn that spot. You know what I'm saying I had to earn earn to be in that 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 that, that type of environment to get a chance to see the world, basically for free. You get paid to do it, and, and while while doing it, getting paid to lose. Mm. <laughs> That was the fun part. So, how long did you do that for? Um, and then what did you do afterwards? Uh, 88, 89 was my uh, only stint with the, with the Washington Generals and the Harlem Globetrotter Tour. But um, afterwards, you know, I just became uh, involved with television because I did three Nike commercials after uh, I finished playing against the Harlem Globetrotters in 1991. In 1991, I did three Nike commercials with Poole Richardson, B.J. Armstrong, and Hershey Hawkins. And I got my three waivers in one day, and I became SAG-ready. So I've been doing movies and television shows and auditioning since 2002, when I'm still in the union. So <clears throat> what the union tells you is to, to keep your day job because nothing's consistent in that, in, that, in that business. So I've been refereeing and staying around the game that I love. Right, and I wanted to get into that. Before that, what was your relationship with uh, referees uh, when you were coming up in high school, as well as junior college, as well as uh, your experience in the Washington Generals? Well, you know, I was like the Walt Frazier type of guy. I never really got involved with the referees. I never got a tech, you know, stuff like that. You know, I was just out there having fun, regardless of there was like uh, seven against five at a time or six on six, you know, it doesn't matter. The referee thing was like there was just in the way, you know what I'm saying? Not not caring about it because I never thought I would be that guy. 
but being around the game you love and you want to come full circle, you want to do a lot of things that makes you stay around the game. Like, like in between a while before I really started refing, I was an assistant coach in the USBL for the uh, uh, prime time with, with head coach James Ryan, which is uh, a, very, a very big name in the basketball circuit. So, so after that, um, I just wanted to talk about your come up as a basketball official. What uh, got it in your head that you decided to take the craft up? Well, you know, <clears throat> I, if I really started from the beginning, you know, I was just wanting to be involved with my nephew coming up as, as a, a young talent. And I saw I put the ball in his hands at five years old. And once he started doing the tournaments, I ran across a friend of mine, which uh, which is a big name in the basketball circuit, my man named Stuart Davis. He, he helped me out a lot, you know. And um, I saw him reffing, and he remembered me from we went to school together. And I was a senior, he was a freshman. And who knew? He would be the one to uh, lead me in the right direction to be to where I'm at today. You know, he gave me my first fox whistle. He gave me my first basketball referee shirt. So he's a part of my, my growth pattern, you know what I'm saying, as we speak. What was your experience like taking the uh, Board 119 class with Ernie? Oh, that was, that, was, that was hilarious. You know, because you know how you are in, as a student in school, you always sit in the back of the class. And I was like, I, I was kind of like sitting in the back of the class kind of guy. And I told myself, once I do this, because the money was involved, my sisters uh, put up the money for me to become a, a basketball referee, and it was an eight-week course. So I said I wasn't going to waste their money. I wasn't going to waste their time. So what I did was I sat in the front row. I was I, I, I was Bob Euchre. Mm. Oops, I must be in the front row. That's right. And... Um, that's how I took it. I wanted to be wrong on all the answers that I asked because when it was time to take the test, I wanted to be I wanted to be right. So that was, that was the humble part about becoming a referee because when you're a basketball player, you think you know it all until you get inside the classroom and then you find out you don't know nothing. Right. You know, so that's about the side. So also, um, do you remember what your first experience was officiating a real game? Uh, it's been a while now, Ralph. Uh, it's been a, it's a good minute. Matter of fact, yes, I do. It was with Stuart Davis. It was at uh, Farmers. No, no. It was at Baisley Boulevard. No. It was on Merrick Boulevard and Linden Boulevard, St. Albans Park, right there on the corner. And that was my first game. I'll never forget it now. Not even come back this far. So that was a great experience. I got through it. I learned a lot. I was just watching and learning, knowing that. My first days of refereeing was knowing the, where to position yourself over even making the right call. Hmm. So just positioning yourself was the stepping stages of me being a referee. Sometimes you can be on the wrong side. You recognize that and say, damn, positioning is what's most important before you can even learn to make the call. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. You got to be able to see where you're at and see, see the whole play and watch it develop and watch it end. So I think in the beginning, uh, it's slim pickings in terms of uh, figuring out where you can find the game, because sometimes you're not getting all the information. You realize you see people in the circuit, they're everywhere, right? Yeah. And then you get to the point where you're like, man, I, how come nobody's giving me a call? Until the point where now you can pick and choose. So when did you start realizing how, how easy it was to, well, not easy, but how it got to the point where you wanted to be able to pick and choose your games and figure out that, you know, you can do this every day. 
Well, first of all, in the beginning, when you when you get to a point where you want to learn the nuances of getting through the games, once you learn to have gotten through a game, everything else becomes secondary. You know, say almost like, all right, let's just do this game and get get it over with, get by. As long as you are unscathed, you think you you've, you've you have succeeded. You know what I'm unscathed means you've succeeded. So you don't have nobody yelling and screaming. You got both teams shaking hands at the end of the game, and and they everybody walk off with, with the great attitude as in a uh, appreciation for, for the art. Because basketball is an art. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a pretty picture in the end when, when it's done right. You know what I'm saying? So. So we mentioned uh, Stu Davis before, who has also been on the show. Um, and you also mentioned Ernie Redloff, who was also on the show. Um, but let's list any other mentors that you have. What have they done for your career? And how do you think it shaped the way you've helped people after you? Oh, you know what happens in, the, in this game? Because you, a lot of people think they, when they, once they get in, they, they, are, they, they have a, a new ego for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, you know, your age... Will, will think that you are, are, are where you need to be or you think you can move forward, but you need to stay right where you are. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe you don't have the look. Maybe maybe you have a, a, a good, a rough game, but you don't have a, a personality. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Because a lot of times you have to have that mixture where everybody's happy with you at one, at one time. You know you could be that guy that they like, but they might be the, the guy that they don't like because you don't know how to rep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's, it's two it's a two two headed horse. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 like a it's, a, it's an up and down thing. Basketball is like a, a heart meter. You know what I'm saying? If you, can, you got a good beating heart, it's going to work right. But it's not working right, you might get a flat line. You know what I'm saying? So it could be here or there. You know? mm. So I did want to shout out um, one of my mentors as well as your mentor, yeah. Bernard Bowen Sr. Oh, um, I yes. met I met that man. He has uh, given me such great advice in terms of my website, my podcast, and, of course, officiating. So what does he mean to you? What has oh, he done for oh, you? Okay. Bernard Bernard is is, is like the heaven-sent uh, 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 guy that, that kept me strong for years. I think I've been on Bernard's team for the last nine years now. And it's been the best nine years of my life because you know he he understands that where I'm at at my age, he he allows me to know that what I'm good for. He knows what I can do, and he knows what kind of environment to put me in. And that's that's the beauty that I have of him because he's going to keep you safe wherever you go. He he knows what you can do. He knows your heart. He knows the talent that the level that he, you can stand. So he's gonna put, he's gonna place you in the right position, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's the beauty of him. And other than that, he's allowed me to, to to even be mobile when I wasn't mobile. When I used to work for him, and when I had to take the bus and train, and now I drive. So so since the last ten years, nine ten years that I've known him, I done had three different cars. You know, he don't allow me to get stay off, stay off. On my feet and stay off my feet at the same time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was the blessings from him. So he, 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 he's, a, he's a big part of my, my growth. Mm. 
what, and what advice would you give to somebody that's just starting out? Do you um, normally have a formula of, of when somebody's starting out? Because we, we always run into people that have potential and you know, sometimes they don't have that mixture where mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they might ref well and they don't have the personality or they have the personality and it carries them on because they don't have the skill at that moment in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I see that in a lot of people these days. And, um, what Bernard has done for me is just like, you know, just and what he's done for actually a whole community of people. I can say that because he's touched a lot of lives. You know what I'm saying? When you touch a lot of lives, it, it's, it comes full circle. Everything comes back to you in, in tenfold. So yeah. That's that's about where, where the lifestyle that Bernard has helped me out with a lot and, and helped the other young guys coming in. Yeah, and I remember one of my first interactions with you is when I first met you and you were telling me that you don't do any school games. And I was like, then where can you possibly ref during the school year mm-hmm. if you're not refing any school games? Then I met Bernard. Mm-hmm. Now I completely understand. No, so, yes, Bernard got yes. too much work, man. Yes. He got too much work. Mm-hmm. All type of different shit. Three on three, one on one. So after saying everything that you just said, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as an official? Uh, but basically patience and, uh, and understanding that there's a lot of people out there that allows you to be welcoming and there's a lot of people out there that you might not want to be involved with. And so you, you stick with the teams that that, that that helps you through and you can eliminate the people even if they are connected with the people you're around. Mm. You, can, you, st- you still find a way to eliminate and to accept at the same time. So that's that's a big thing in refereeing in the beginning where you have to learn how to pick and choose. And, and all money is not good money mm. because the venues that you're at, you might you might be comfortable with 40, 50, 65, 65 people opposed to 300 people and the 65 people look like they're ready to kill you. Right. When the 200 people are just there to have fun. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a difference like that. So, you know. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and where do you want to go ultimately in the game of officiating? Oh, I'm, I'm just having a, a full ride. Man. This is just coming full circle. This is just me of being around the game that I love and uh, just try to give back to, to the community. Even if I'm not where I want to be as a, a like, like a, want to be a up and echelon referee, I can still be an up, up and up echelon referee through my heart to help people, you know, to, to succeed, to move forward. I, I know what I can do and I know the capabilities of the next person that, that I'm committing can do. So everything works, works out for itself. If you could officiate another sport, what would it be? Probably nothing. Basketball all day, huh? Basketball only. Basketball only. All right. There's nothing that I could do to persuade you to do any other sport? Talk about it. (laughs) 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 Two more questions I had for you. Um, Describe the most stickiest situation that you've ever been in playing, as well as the stickiest situation that you've ever been in officiating. As a basketball player? Oh, man, there's not really too much that was too much negativity that came in my life. But, but when I was traveling with the Globe Trotters, we was in Savannah, Georgia, and thinking that I'm all comfortable with myself and laid back, I twisted my, my, my ankle on a layup line and I had to sit out for two weeks. That that really bent me up. That, 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 that really made me feel like, am I on a real NBA team? 
or I'm just hanging around. Because mm. everywhere where they went, I went because they were just trying to get me healed until I was able to play again. Right. So once I started being able to play again, I just, you know, it seemed like I gained the weight. And the weight helped me relieve from the basketball team because I was too heavy to play basketball mm. at the time. So a lot of times, you know, weight weight has a lot of things to do with moving forward in, in any, any sport you do. Once you lose the, the weight, you start gaining the weight, the, the game goes down. Right. Because you're not as fast as you used mm. to. So, with that. And the most sticky situation that you've ever been in officiating? Well, not too many. Not too many. But I, I've seen some things, that, like in the beginning, when I first started refereeing, some people would yell out, you know he's new. We know he's new. I can tell he's new. They still you? they still yell at you like no, that? No, no. <laughs> not after ten years. Nah. nah, those are the things that happened to me in the beginning. So I had to find my way to say, make the look right, so I can keep them off my back. Mm. So it worked. It worked for me. So it's been down for quite quite a while. What's the best moment that you've ever had playing, as well as what's your best moment thus far in that, officiating basketball? The best moment I ever had playing. Actually, when I, like when I was maybe 17, 18, 20, 25, I don't know. When I was young, uh, I had the end of a third quarter heave from the other end of the court and went in. So that was one of my highlights of my life. Uh, well, I played in a couple of pro-am uh, uh, tournaments, and my high was 44. That was like basically my, my, my biggest moments as a, as a player. But... But as a basketball referee, I just enjoyed the ride too much to even have some kind of negativity go down inside. Mm. So, you have a moment that sticks out as your favorite moment in refing? Oh well, you know, I had one game. You know, we had went to like six or seven overtimes, and uh, I told the guys that next game, next overtime, we get the first basket wins. <laughs> <laughs> And that and that's been been my story from life though, my, my my folly, my folly as a referee was if you still have to play the three minutes in the overtime and yeah. find out who wins. Mm. So, but we had up to the sixth overtime and I just got tired. I just said next basket wins and I was like my folly in refereeing and shit. So I'm good with that folly. Mm. That wasn't too bad. Some of my best moments of officiating is uh, when uh, when I'm coming into the gym. And you about to leave, oh. or I'm about to leave, and you coming in. Right. That's probably happened to us like 70 times yeah, yeah, right, in the right, past right, two right, years. Right. And then some of my right. best moments is is officiating with you mm-hmm. on Sunday at RFK, man. It's right, some right. of my favorite moments. Yeah, we have some good times, man. Because you know we like to, to enjoy the the the, 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 comp, the competition that we have in front of us because they're from another culture. And when you have another culture, you see different things that everybody thinks that. Their culture, they're going to be that one guy to come out to be that special guy, and everybody wants to be that special guy in the, in the SABL. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody, you got, you have to enjoy them and, and learn them, and get to know them so they know you, and, and you have fun with them. Mm. And that's the bottom line. You just have to have fun with these guys because you know they're allowing you to eat first of all, and, and, and next time you know you're back in front of their face again. It seems like you never leave them. 11, 11 months out of the year, we yeah, there. Sure, sure, like we Aside did. from Ramadan, we up, we up in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we fast on them. Yeah, man. So <laughs> if you really think about it, we fast on them. <laughs> yeah, man. So 100 games I've had with you, and hopefully 100 more. 
until infinity, man. This is yes. this has been great, man. Any final words you have oh, to say man. before we part ways? Ralph, I, I'm really there for you, man. I appreciate you and uh, keep doing what you're doing, Ralph. Because you, you know this is a very good thing that you got going on, and uh, I really appreciate you. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. For Dave Williams, this is Ralph the Ref. This is the rant. We're signing out. Peace. Mm-hmm.